What has God done in 2020? Now, we're going to think about that for the next few minutes. And, you know, you may have had this, uh, if you use YouTube a lot, uh, you may have had Google's own 2020 in review. I wonder if you have watched that video. If you haven't, I want you to watch it now. Uh, I'm going to put it on here. And I want you to think about these two questions. Number one, was 2020, in their perspective, a good year or a bad one? Number two, what gives us hope? What is it that gives us hope for 2021? Does it work? So um, watch the video and ask yourself, was it a good year or a bad year? And is there anything that gives us hope? Okay, watch it now. The most human trait is to want to know why. And in a year that tested everyone around the world, why was searched more than ever? The spread of the coronavirus has passed a significant milestone. And while we didn't find all the answers, we kept asking. Some questions inspired joy. Others, excitement. Life in the bubble. Yes. Inna me? Yes. Inna me? Yes. I don't know what an improper fraction is. Teachers should make a billion dollars. We found politics, y'all. Oh, my God. Put it on there and start it up for me. What are y'all doing? Yeah! It's still March. How many days in March? Some questions made us cry. You know, we've been through our ups and been through our downs. I think the most important part is that we all stay together throughout. I love you guys. Some made us worry about this spinning rock we call home. Fires were detected in the Amazon rainforest. Why were so many lives lost? Almost 1.5 million people have now died of COVID-19 worldwide. Why are we still asking the same questions? George Floyd repeatedly told the officers that he could not breathe. So why do we still have strength to continue? I believe in your power. I believe in our power. Chants of Black Lives Matter echoed from thousands of protesters in cities around the world. Why are we not defeated? We have made too much progress, and we are not going back. We're Planes are starting to arrive in Beirut, full of international aid. Firefighters from around the world arriving in California. There are over 100 coronavirus vaccines in development worldwide. This is one of those times when people look out for one another and have each other's backs. We kept going for those who showed us the way. Think about how you would like the world to be for your daughters and granddaughters. Remember, the struggles along the way are only meant to shape you for your purpose. Press on with pride and press on with purpose. Why is it that this year showed its worst and we still found ways to triumph? An incredible feat for Maya Gaviera. Naomi Osaka, US Open Championship. Can't let Corona stop you. Can't let quarantine stop you. So until we get to every answer, we're still searching. So you've seen that Google's review is based on questions that we ask, despite the fact that we don't find answers for all our questions. 
You know, why are we still asking the same questions uh, that they mentioned in the video? Why, why do we have the strength to continue? Why are we not defeated? We press on with pride and with purpose, and we want to ask, but where does that purpose come from? Interesting that often that's not suggested uh, in motivational videos. And until we get every answer, they say, we're still searching. What's interesting when we come to God's word is that searching isn't just about typing words on a screen, is it? It's about an attitude of the heart. And so that's what the Bible says, and that's what Jesus says, actually. Um, we find that it's hard uh, to listen to the truth sometimes. That's why I think people uh, kind of preface uh, uncomfortable things when they say, well, this isn't what you want to hear, but here it comes. How do you respond to that when people say things like that? What is your heart attitude? As we review 2020, we want to remember something that Jesus said in John 18, 37. Here's what he said. Jesus answered to Pilate, you say that I am a king. In fact, the reason I was born is this, and I came into the world is to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. So very much an attitude of the heart. And we're going to come back to this because when we want to review 2020, we want to ask, what is the attitude of the heart to what God has shown me in his word and in the world, through the world? So have we really been listening? Because perhaps over the last year, God has shown us that we have many weaknesses and that we need him, just as Paul had to learn that lesson. Because he writes in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Of course, that's in the context of only being made perfect or complete by trusting in God, in our weakness, by trusting in the Lord Jesus. And so according to Jesus, this kind of honest search leads to him, to trusting in him, to loving him more, to knowing him more. And why is that? That's because at every step over the last year, over 2020, God has been using difficulties, anxieties, frustrations, as opportunities to speak to us as human beings, to invite those who are outside the kingdom, outside of his family, in, and for those who are already God's children, to know him and trust him more. Now, I know that it's easy for me to say that because what am I, just a young man, healthy, have everything I need? And what shocks me is this, there are so many Christians in church history and around the world who go through not just a difficult year, but difficult years, seasons, decades, and yet they can write things like this. Here's one such Christian, Annie Johnston Flint, and you might know this. It's a wonderful poem. Listen to it. He giveth more grace when the burdens grow greater. He sendeth more strength when the labors increase. To added afflictions, he addeth his mercy. To multiplied trials is multiplied peace. When we have exhausted our store of endurance, when our strength has failed ere the day is half done, when we reach the end of our hoarded resources, our Father's forgiving is only begun. Fear not that thy need shall exceed his provision. Our God ever yearns his resources to share. Lean hard on the arm everlasting availing. The Father, both thee and thy Lord, will appear. His love has no limits, his grace has no measure, his power no boundary known unto men. For out of his infinite riches in Jesus, he giveth and giveth and giveth again. 
You know, don't you, that this was written by a single lady who was bedridden most of her life and struggled with incontinence. And yet, God has taught her right. Write and point others to me. What an incredible challenge to me that is. But it isn't just people from 100 years ago, is it? Picture, for example, the story of this lady called Janine. Picture waking up in the night to find your husband gasping for breath, only to find that he dies that night while your children are asleep. That's dreadful. I mean, whatever year we will have had in 2020, compared to something like this for most of us, that is just way more hopeless than anything we have gone through this year. Perhaps not uh, for some of you. But how can this woman write a book and dare subtitle it, A Journey into Hope? Now, I think Christians like Annie and Janine and many others in and out of the New Testament have learned to ask the question, what has God done? And answer it by looking at him in the Bible, what he wants to accomplish in the life of believers in the Bible. You know, we watched the Google uh, Year in Review video. There are many more that you could watch. You could have watched Time Magazine's one or Netflix's uh, Year in Review video. And if you ask the same question, what is our biggest problem? And can we uh, do something about it? What gives us hope? You'll find some common themes that actually, according to the Christian faith show a lack of learning, perhaps. To name just two of them, or three, one is the myth of progress. The myth that, you know, no matter what happens, what kind of a year we'll have had leaving behind us, we are progressing. We're going like this. You know, in some of these videos, we'll say, guys, we pulled together. We cared for each other. And I find that that seems to show a great selectiveness, doesn't it? How many vices and sins uh, continue to kind of enslave people in their addictions during lockdown? How much more alcohol was sold, for example? So I don't feel like there is a whole uh, sense that we are always progressing. Another one is the savior complex. And Andy mentioned this when he was doing his uh, Christmas address at the carol service. We would want to say, you know what? Pick a group of human beings. Pick the NHS, perhaps. They will save us. They will rescue us. And so, whether it's that, a myth of progress, whether it's the savior complex, whether it's perhaps the myth that if only we just be ourselves, if only we are, we are just who we are meant to be um, and believe what our hearts are telling us, 2021 is going to be much better. But I have to ask, believe myself when? Because sometimes being myself is my heart telling me, hide and isolate yourself and don't ask for help. That doesn't seem to offer me any hope. So then, because the picture is getting a little bit bleak, um, as Christians, how do we uh, look back at that year and interpret things differently to those who don't trust in the Lord Jesus? Well, I think when we ask, what has God done? We want to listen to this. John 17, 3, Jesus says, Here's the whole point of the Christian life. He says, now this is eternal life, 
that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Now, amazing, Jesus is uh, praying in the, in the high priestly prayer in John chapter 17. And in that prayer, he summarizes his eternal life, which is what he offers to give to those who trust in him. And it's all about that key word, knowing, knowing him, knowing God. Now, if I said to you, which a lot of people think about Christians, if I said to you, look, become a believer in Jesus, become a Christian, and you will be happy. Now, God will have utterly failed me and you over this, this last year. Because were you happy? Were you happy every minute of every day if you're a Christian? No way. No way. But if the goal of the Christian life is to know God, did you, in your anxiety, when you, when you, uh, if you uh, ran to him, did you know him? Did you know something of his love? Something of a greater trust in him? Something of your weakness or of idols that you were trusting uh, instead of God? I think that if we say, if the purpose of the Christian life, if the purpose that God has for the world for us is that we would come to know him, then that can happen. In difficulty, in lockdown, when we are short-fused, brought to the end of ourselves, then this eternal life looks attractive. We can know Him more. So then, have we been made more reflective over this last year? Because many, unfortunately, although they've been made uncomfortable over this last year, haven't been brought to see that this eternal life of knowing Him is a greater joy than anything else that they can experience. Now, I think that we see a little bit of this, a little bit of how actually a joy, a greater joy, can make us forget a suffering that has gone on before us. It's interesting because we've been, uh, at the moment, um, discussing with social workers and being trained by social workers uh, because we want to adopt children. And whatever the outcome of that next year, when we have our panel, we don't know. But one of the things that keeps happening again and again is in our conversations with social workers, they obviously are trying to find out if we can possibly cope, my wife and I, with one, two or more children. And the question they keep asking is this, tell me about a time when you suffered, you struggled, you were stressed and under strain, something that put a strain on your marriage and on yourselves as people, Tell me how you dealt with that. And the more they hear, you know, oh, well, uh, it was really difficult when we lost our first child uh, in the womb, when you experienced a miscarriage. It was really difficult when that happened again, and we sought counseling and so on. And rather than being something which actually puts them off, saying, you know, no, you, you, guys can't, you guys can't have children, that can't happen. That encourages them. They say, you know what? You've matured. You've learned something through this. And that encourages me as a social worker to put you forward to the next stage. Really interesting. The scriptures, as we read, uh, have this uh, metaphor that keeps coming back again and again of a woman in labor. She's in pain. It's hard. It's hardship. But after she gives birth, the joy erases the pain that was behind. You remember that Romans chapter 8 reads this. 
We know that the whole creation has been groaning, as in the pains of childbirth, right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. So looking back at 2020 and the hardships make us yearn even more because we're reminded this world really isn't as it should be. Our government isn't as it should be. And so we look forward to the time when God finishes his redemptive plan and we spend eternity forever with the God that we now know, but will continue to know forever. So everything that we see as we look at 2020 then, we see as part of God's cosmic plan. If his eternal life isn't about my personal happiness, then I'm part of something much bigger and he's making me more like Jesus if I trust in him and he's making the universe more like what it should be under Christ's rule that we look forward to seeing as described in the book of Revelation. Now, in light of knowing that Jesus Christ is my greatest joy and compared to what we get, what we lose seems to fade from memory, doesn't it, when we compare? And that's what Paul says. And the point of the Christian life then is, as we ask, what is God doing? The more we seek to answer it, we will see that Romans chapter 12 is uh, really, really true when it says that God's will is perfect, it's pleasing. So what has God done in the lives of his people very quickly over uh, the last year? Now, I can see uh, a few things that I just wanted to mention to you. Now, one is I believe he's dethroned many idols, things we were trusting in. And it's amazing how you read a book like the book of Job and it just seems so unbelievable and so crazy that he has everything you could ever want at the beginning, loses it all, and at the end he finds, I see you. I had heard of you, chapter 42 he says, but now I see you. There's a greater depth of intimacy that we long for and treasure as we read the book of Job. Now has the pandemic showed us? much like other times in the Christian church that we are relying on all sorts of other earthly comforts rather than in our joy uh, in our three-in-one God. Let's carry those lessons into 2021, lest we be robbed of our joy in God. Perhaps we've been made more aware of how fragile we are, how mortal we are. In our loneliness, we perhaps have been shown, you know, Maybe I was relying on people way more. Or perhaps, if you want, in our loneliness, we've been reminded that we were created for relationship and we miss it and it's painful because that's how we should feel when we are not in relationship with God. That's a reflection of that, that need, that longing to be together with others because we were made to be with Him. Um, when our freedom was taken away, we were enraged. Because yes, we were made to be free. And the greatest freedom is in knowing and delighting in God. But the question is, over the last year, God will have dethroned idols, taken away things that were trying to vie for first place where only God belongs. He has done that if we ran to him at those times. Is that you? Did you run to him when you were a bit ratty, when you were struggling? There is still time for you to run to him in prayer and talk to him and ask him for help. I did that when in lockdown, I was just so short with my wife, impatient, and both of us individually and together went back to the Lord. Teach us, teach us to love as you love. 
Perhaps that's the prayer you still want to keep on praying. <laughs> I know I do. Maybe you found that your idol, actually, that you had been trusting is ineffective. Maybe what you long for the most is to, you know, come home after a long day, turn on the TV. But, you know, in lockdown, you ran out of stuff to watch. <laughs> you ran out of Netflix programs to watch. You got sick of um, uh, the programs that you had been watching. And you got sick of people who actually you thought were going to be in touch with you and they weren't rightly or wrongly. And that pushed you to trust in God more and more. Can you see how God has been giving us all these opportunities to show that perhaps we were drinking from the wrong uh, fountain? That's what Jeremiah says uh, again, uh, isn't it? He says in Jeremiah chapter 2, many, uh, My people have committed two sins. They've forsaken me, the spring of living water, and they have dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. There's that dichotomy of uh, that juxtaposition. You can drink from the water of life or anything else is really like a broken uh, system that doesn't hold water, doesn't uh, fulfill its promises. These can be things that are good things and turned into God things. Like I've mentioned to you, it's not bad to watch a Netflix program. It's not bad to want to have a deep friendship, but it's only when they are elevated to the place where only God should be. So what's your testimony over the, over the last year? Is your testimony that you can point to all sorts of things that God used to make you run to Him? What are they? That's something that you can encourage each other over coffee in our Zoom time afterwards. Because let this encourage you. Perhaps over the last year you look and you see, actually, I lost my temper and I don't think I learned from it. Actually, I, I want to repent of a great many things. Well, listen to what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 7.10. Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret, but worldly sorrow brings death. If you have guilt and shame in your heart now because you look uh, over the last few months and you see that you haven't trusted God, perhaps you've been very bitter towards Him and towards others. Well, let that become godly sorrow that drives you to the Father's arms when you say, I'm so sorry, Father, I have not learned from this. I have not asked you for help. And He hears. If your sorrow over wasted time leads to running to Jesus, then it's done what it's supposed to do. Let Him take away your guilt, your shame, your sin as you ask Him for forgiveness. And He will continue to make you more like Christ. And so if God worked in your heart over this last year, or right now as you pray, then you can be grateful to him because he has dethroned idols in your life and took, taken first place. But I think another thing he's done is he's united God's family more and more. Now, how much more do we appreciate and how are we going to appreciate when this, um, when this whole thing blows over, if ever, that we are back here together and you can hug a brother or sister? To enjoy together. Don't you miss the times where, you know, all of the different ministries of the church, our fellowship meals that we used to have together. How much are we going to enjoy being able to do that again and having each other uh, in each other's homes for Sunday lunch and so on? How much don't we miss the ministries of the church? You know, whether it's KFC, you see that a picture of the lads there um, serving. And now they can't do that, sadly, uh, in that way. But youth group, our children's group, Pebbles, um, The Way, 
Emmaus Ramblers, having some fellowship together on their walks, and you know, plenty of other ministries. Let's create. I'm sure I'm missing one or two here, but you get the point. God has used all of this to bring us uh, closer, a little bit closer in our fellowship with each other. What else has God done? Well, amongst lots of things we can say, God has united his family, but he has invited many people into his kingdom. Whether they have heard the invitation and believed and then become God's children or not, you may have even had some brilliant conversations with family members or neighbors who don't believe in Jesus yet. And actually, you've had a conversation you'd never had before. Well, carry on praying as God invites more and more people into his kingdom. Why not do that? That is what God continues to do as we, as his people, say, use me. I want other people to know you so we can carry on praying. Let's continue to pray for our families, spouses, our children, our neighbors, that they would know this eternal life that is all about joy, true, meaningful, lasting joy that cannot be lost in knowing Jesus. I'm going to pray, but before I do, what has God done in 2020? Well, he has dethroned idols and taken first place. Many of our lives shown us that we, we need only trust him, really. He is sufficient for everything that we need. He has united his family through difficulty, through trials. Every time we get to be together or call each other up, we feel more together. He has invited people into his kingdom and continues to do that. And we want to pray that as we go into 2021, we can say God's will is perfect. God's will is good. God's will is pleasing. The more we know about it from the scriptures. Let's pray together before we sing again. Dear Father, thank you that this is true. You have provided for us. You have encouraged us and you have challenged us. For anyone listening this morning who looks back at this year and sees that they have been unfaithful to you, they are challenged uh, to be sorrowful over their sin. Father, may they now come to you and know that you forgive. Thank you that you've forgiven me for the times when I have been unfaithful this year and not trusted in you. Please make your people more like your son, Jesus Christ. Help us to find more and more that our joy is in you and it's greater than anything else that we uh, have lost or that we miss or that we can't have. I pray that for all those who don't know you yet, Father, that they would, our neighbors, our friends, our family members who don't yet know the joy that it is to love you and to be loved by you. In Jesus' name we thank you. Amen.